Welcome to the Happy Thrive Vibes podcast, where we explore the pathways to a joyful, fulfilled life through insightful discussions, practical tips, and inspiring stories that empower you to thrive and embrace your passions. I'm your host, Lara, and I'm excited to get started. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Happy Thrive Vibes, the podcast where we dive deep into the art of manifesting your dream life and finding joy in the everyday moments. I'm your host, Lara, and today we have an extraordinary guest who wears many hats with grace and resilience. Joining us is the incredible Sarah Cox, a successful entrepreneur, devoted mother of four, and a homeschooling pro. But she's not just any entrepreneur, she's my sister. And today we're going to get real about some of the challenges she's faced and conquered. In this episode, we'll explore Sarah's journey through overcoming depression, unraveling effective steps to quell anxiety, and gaining insights into how she manages her multifaceted life as a loving wife, dedicated mom, and thriving business owner. We'll dive into the secrets behind Sarah's ability to balance it all and find fulfillment in every aspect of her life. From the highs of entrepreneurship to the lows of depression and anxiety struggles, this conversation is a raw and honest exploration of the human experience. Happy Thrive Vibes is all about living your best life, and today's episode is no exception. We'll extract wisdom from Sarah's experiences, uncovering valuable lessons that you can apply to manifest the life of your dreams. Whether you're a parent, an entrepreneur, or simply someone navigating the roller coaster of life, this episode is filled with golden nuggets to inspire and uplift. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, find a cozy spot, and get ready to soak in the positive energy. This is Happy Thrive Vibes, where we believe that by doing more of what you love, finding happiness in your day-to-day, and maintaining gratitude, you can truly manifest the life you've always dreamed of. Let's dive in. Hey, Sarah, thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Truth be told to everyone listening, we've already been talking for 10 minutes because that's <laughs> how sisters are. And then we realized we have to capture some of this because it's good stuff. So we're going to um, just carry on our conversation today about life in general, being positive without being fake positive, all of Sarah's business adventures, her adventures of being involved in her church, in the community, homeschooling her children, all of the things and we're going to do it over coffee. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I have to have coffee. That is yeah. a must have. Although for me, coffee is different. Other people, coffee wakes them up. Um, coffee keeps me calm so that it doesn't feel like there's 10 million train tracks going on in my brain. Welcome to the bed. But does your cardiologist like your, your consumption of coffee to stay calm? Well, yeah, actually. So funny fact, even though my heart is always fast, my heart is perfectly healthy. I asked him if I could get that in writing so I could show, show people that I have a good heart and it is on paper. The doctor said so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to prove that you have a heart. People know that you have a heart. I guess it depends on who you talk to. I tell my kids, you can't take other people's opinions of you too seriously because you are both the villain and the hero, depending on who it is that you're talking to. So in everybody's story or something. Some people think you're the villain. Some people think you're the hero. And now one of them is knocking on my door. Just one second. Yes. Um, no, you're gonna have to wait about 
45 minutes. I'm on a Zoom meeting with Aunt Laura, and the more you talk, the more you're on the video. See, that's real life. <laughs> that's real life, folks, because this is this is our life. Sarah and I, we text each other at 10 o'clock at night, at two o'clock in the morning, at seven o'clock in the morning, like random. I I know I'm busy. I have a packed schedule, but it's things that I choose. I feel like Sarah, you don't get to choose your packed schedule. Tell us about, just give us some insight on your schedule for how you manage all of your responsibilities between the business, the church, the church that's not even close to you geographically that you attend and, and you're actively engaged in it. Um, all that you do with your vending, homeschooling, two kids that are grown and have jobs, two kids that are not and need you. I feel like my life is that is what I make of it for my schedule, but yours, you have no control over your schedule or maybe a little bit of control. I have a little bit of control, but I don't think about it too much, I guess, because I'm just used to doing that. So to hear somebody say it back to me is really weird. And when people are like, I don't know how you do it all. And I, I don't, <laughs> I don't do it all. I fail all the time, but I just give my, I've learned to give myself grace because every day is busy. So I try to prioritize things and I try to go through the list in my mind of, is this going to matter in six months? It, does this have to be done right now? Like there's a difference between urgent and important and something might be urgent, but not necessarily important. So it's just a constant teeter totter of learning what's urgent and important, what's urgent, not important, and what's not even really urgent. And then give yourself grace when, when you're running late, because I'm running late all the time. And that used to stress me out so bad. And then I would get to wherever I was going and I would be in a bad mood because I was mad at myself for running late. And one day I just thought to myself, if, if, this was my sister and she was running late, which I mean, kind of. I know, it's, it's, I know it's hereditary. I've been trying to be better. Or if this was one of my kids or a friend and they were running late, would I be as mad at them as I am at myself? And I was like, no, I would give them grace. So why wouldn't I give myself grace? Because most of the time I get up in the morning, now that we have the business and or the store and it's actually got store hours, that has complicated which things, you want, which you opened during the pandemic. I just want to add, like, yeah, that was a little love crazy. the madness. That was a little crazy. Like, you can't write that stuff. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't make that stuff up. But um, it's not. At first, it felt overwhelming to think, okay, so I'm going to need to be at the store X amount of hours a day. How am I going to fit that into my schedule? And then I realized I, I'm just changing locations. I can still realistically do a lot of the stuff that I need to do from anywhere. So I can do the paperwork for the lawn business at the sporting goods store. I can homeschool my kids at the sporting goods store. There's been lots of times customers will come in and the kids are in the office doing their schoolwork and people have come to expect that, to be honest with you. And I think they enjoy that because we have tried to center our sports store around family. Um, so we call them all family you know, our Phantom Sports family. And when I post all the pictures from when we go vending, I call it our family photo album. And people just want to feel connected. They want to feel like somebody cares about them. And I think that's really important. So usually our days typically get up. There are a few things that I do that I used to think was super cheesy. And I would read them and I thought these people, 
like, okay, whatever. I just thought they were hippies or, you know, go pick some roses and blah dee da like life is not peaceful all the time. But there are really, really things that you can do in your life that just take a few minutes that set the tone for your whole day, like making my bed. I never used to make my bed. I didn't think it was important. And I think I was at your house one time and I walked in your room and your bed was made. And I was just like, this is nice. This is nice. And you don't realize the importance of making your bed. It sounds stupid. It sounds cheesy to somebody that's not used to doing it. But I realized I would feel overwhelmed and I would walk in my bedroom and everything being a mess, just it sounded loud to my brain. Even though it's not making a sound, it sounded loud to my brain. It just felt like unending things. And once I started making my bed, I would walk in my room and it wasn't so loud and it was nice. So I get up and I make my bed and then I open my curtains, my blinds, because it just feels better having the light come in the house. We get breakfast. Some days I have to go to the store. Some days I don't. We do homeschool. I don't know. It sounds more exciting when you say it back to me, but it's really not (laughs) as exciting as all that. I don't, you just live. Like you just live. Yes, we do go to church an hour away. So we have to be flexible. Like our store closes an hour early on Wednesdays to give us time to get home, get ready for church because it's an hour drive there and it's an hour drive home, but it's worth it. You just got to pick what's important and what's worth it to you and go for it. That's kind of how it all just rolls. Like I do do a lot of work at irregular business hours. I don't have normal business hours. I do paperwork at 2 a.m. I send out emails at, you know, 2 a.m. to people and I know they're not going to get it till the morning time. So I'll say, you know, good morning. This is Sarah with Precision Cuts or this is Sarah with Fam Sports. I was wondering about blah, 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 blah. And I've had a couple of ladies, the guys never catch it. The guys never catch it, but I've had a couple of ladies catch it. And they're like, you sent that at two o'clock in the morning. I looked at the time. I was like, did it wake you up? And they're like, no. But when I opened the email, I saw the time and I thought, why is she up doing paperwork at two o'clock in the morning? <laughs> like, it's just said, my life. Let me introduce you to my life. Yeah, it's just my life, but it's a season. And when it, when it gets overwhelming, I remind myself it is just a season because the kids will grow. Two of them have already grown up. Um, they're self-sufficient. Joy's on her own. Michael's going to be leaving for college in January. Like it's a season and it fluctuates. You just have to be flexible. You too can have a chaotic life and survive. I do. And I've called you and I've got, well, I, I wouldn't say I've called you because I don't usually call, like I'm just, uh, I, I suffer in silence. So usually I'm just sitting here spinning in my brain and I'm overwhelmed and I'm trying to do the breathing and I'm trying to do, use my calm app and I'm trying to, you know, in inhale three times, exhale seven times or whatever. And then you'll call me and you'll say, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I don't realize I'm not okay until you call me and ask me if I'm okay. And then most of the time I'm not okay. So that must just be a sisterly connection. But I think mine is pride because I know you're up 24 hours a day and I never know. I, I, I know you're okay, but you're busy. I don't know what it is. I think, I don't know. Sometimes I just, there's certain people that I can just sense when something feels off and I've learned to, I don't think yours is pride, um, but you are busy all the time. You have a lot of chatter. See, for me, when I'm in the car driving somewhere, if I don't have the kids, it's quiet because I don't turn on the radio. 
I'm that psychopath that will drive in silence because that's the only time that I get silence. Um, call that a psychopath. And <laughs> well, I mean, who drives? I like quiet. Nothing on, but I do. I'll I'll turn off the radio if if I'm having an overwhelming day, like if it just feels like there's too much going on. I will drive in silence. And then when the kids go to bed at night, you know, I will fold laundry because. I can lock myself in the laundry room. Like that's one of those little things that makes a big difference. I used to take the laundry and I would put it in a basket. And when it was clean, I would bring it in my bedroom and there it would sit and it would pile. And then I would walk in and I would see it and I would beat myself up. Why didn't I just fold the laundry when it was done in the dryer? Like, why do I have this pile of laundry in my room? And I got to the point where it's like, no, I've got a busy life. That's stupid to feel that upset about a pile of clean laundry. It's clean. It's clean. That's the most important, the most important part. Point. Yeah. Is that it's clean. So why am I going to beat myself up over the fact that I have a pile of laundry sitting there? It's clean. So I changed it. Um, it took a little bit of time for everybody to adjust to it. I cleared out a shelf in the laundry room and that's where the laundry goes when it's folded. Now I tell everybody, once your laundry's folded, go to the laundry room, get it off the shelf, take it to your room. I will not bring a pile of laundry into my room anymore because I will, I know me now and I will beat myself up and I will make myself feel bad for no reason. It's and your bed made now. So you don't need to put anything on your bed. Well, I would pile it in my chair too. So then I would come in here and I'd be like, I can't. Cause that's what chair. you want to do at 2am when you're about to start emailing people. Yeah. I'm like, this just, no, this just doesn't work. But in life it is busy. It is fast paced for everybody. Cause there are so many people that are just as busy. You're just, you're just as busy as me. You just don't realize it because you're, you're living it. You're in that moment. But if I start listing off to you, all the things that you do, because to me, you're superwoman, and I'm just in awe of all the things that you accomplish all the time. And I'm like, wow, that's my sister. My sister is cooler than your sister. Um, but like, you don't realize how busy your life is. And sometimes it can feel overwhelming. And you think, how can I make this not feel so heavy and so hectic and there really are simple little things that you can change and it makes all the difference and like the thing what, is, what are the things that you've implemented that help you when you're feeling like your brain is busy well the biggest one is the making the bed I know that sounds funny but really that's what kicked it all off for me to realize that fact that something that just takes a few minutes can make such a big change in how I feel about myself and my day. And I also learned though, that you have to do it slowly. And I'm the kind of person that if I do something, I want it all done right now. <laughs> I don't want to go slow. Yeah, I don't break things up into chunks for people are like chunk your time. I'm like, I don't understand that. I just only yeah. know like 20 hour work sessions to get a project done. Yeah. That hyper-focus kicks in and you're like, um, no, <laughs> I'm doing this until it's done or I die. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. And, but I've had to learn to go slowly. So I made making my bed a habit. And once that habit was made now, some days my bed is like made, made, you can see in the background. Like I actually took the time to fluff the pillows other days. It's crazy. And I literally just spread the comforter out on top of the messy blankets and I'm like, okay, that looks fine. That looks fine. It's smooth. You don't see all the jumble of blankets underneath of it. It's fine. It will surpass. But I make that a habit because I feel better when I see it. And then 
The other thing is opening the blinds, letting the sunshine in. All these things to me, if you would have told me in, in my 20s, okay, you're going to be doing these things. I'd be like, you're so crazy. That's just so loopy. Like, no, but it really does matter. That sunshine, when you walk in, it just, there's something about sunshine. I have struggled with depression since childhood off and on at different times. And I noticed if I can get in some sunshine, it helps me feel better. Like when I'm really overwhelmed, I will even, so our house is always noisy. It's just, it's that season and it's going to be that season for a little bit longer. And I'm good with that. But sometimes I will actually just go stand in my front yard. Like my poor neighbors probably, my poor neighbors probably wonder about me, but that's okay. That's okay. They can wonder, but I will go and just stand in my front yard for a few minutes and be like, okay, I can do this. I can do hard things and I will breathe a minute and I will soak up some sunshine and then I will be fine just little things like that. And like when, like driving without the radio, if I'm overwhelmed and overstimulated with things, like I'll turn off the radio and I will just enjoy a few moments of peace and quiet. And those little things that are just a few minutes here or there, if you can start implementing one at a time, one at a time, slowly, it will help. Because the problem is if you try to do them all at once, well, then you divorce. Yeah, it just makes it worse because then you feel like you're failing at all these things and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything right. I can't even, I can't even relax. Yeah. God, yeah. What a, what a fool. <laughs> yeah. You have to do it slowly and grace, giving yourself grace. Like the journey I've been on, I can pinpoint it to Luke is 13. Now I can pinpoint it to right before I found out I was pregnant with Luke. When I really started taking a look at the stress in my life and the chaos in my life. And I, it was not sustainable at that point. I thought I was overwhelmed with two kids in a business. And I was just like, this is just too much. And, um, my mother-in-law had just moved in with us for the first time and life was just, it was just a lot going on in life. And I thought, I can't do this. I have to figure out something else to do. And that's when it all started snowballing And it. So I guess it actually started with <clears throat> well, it started with making my bed that slowly progressed to decluttering the whole house, which is a never ending task with, with multiple businesses and multiple kids in a small house. I used to think that I hated my house because it's so small, but then I learned, I don't hate my house. I just hate all the clutter that I have in my house. I actually really love my house because our house payment is so small. That makes my stress level smaller. And I started a process and it took a couple of years. That's, I tell people, if you are making changes in your life, give yourself grace, learn to give yourself grace. When you start beating yourself that up. That is learned. That is yeah. learned because your natural instinct is just to just beat yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you could, when you start hearing that mental record going on over and over in your brain, where you are just nitpicking <clears throat> yourself and beating yourself up look at a picture of, of a sibling or a spouse or one of your kids or a friend and be like, would I be this mean to them? Would I be this harsh to them? And most likely you would not be. There are some people that are just sucky people and they're mean people, but the majority of people aren't and you are your worst critic. So if you could learn to give yourself a little bit of grace, that goes a long way into helping you implement change in your life. Sarah, I think that you were an influencer before influencer was a word. Like 
honestly, because you used to post things on Facebook and you had a blog. I was so jealous of you because you had a blog and I could not even figure out WordPress. We joke all the time <clears throat> that I have all the degrees and I'm super book smart and I can't figure it. Like I was telling her before she came in, I can't even figure out how to open this box with this microphone for my podcast. I'll figure it out. But Sarah has always been the one to help me, you know, put together paper furniture and things that, you know, when I was, had no money and I could, you know, go to the dollar general and get a, dr- a cardboard dresser for $15. I, I, I would get it, but I couldn't put it together. But Sarah is, Sarah, people look to Sarah's. She is in the community. I work from home. I'm in my office. I'm kind of jealous that she drives anywhere in the silence or the music because I don't really drive anywhere. I work from home and I'm always at home and I love being a homebody, but Sarah is the, she may love being a homebody, but she is never at home. So she's always doing what, whatever busy moms do and business owners and all the things, but she started her blog and then she would post it on Facebook. She's also an artist. So then, you know, I have to use Canva and I have to use a lot of aids and, you know, she would just be like, Oh, I'm just going to hand draw something on a napkin. And it's going to be my next blog post. And I can't do that. That's not the type of person I am. I I didn't get those traits handed down to me. Um, but she would have inspiring messages and she would have people that would respond and say, I thought I was the only one, or I'm so happy that you're real because her messages were positive and inspiring, but they weren't in your face. It's all how you look at it. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, it's your fault because you're not positive and you're not looking at the bright side of it. But that's not, we were talking about toxic positivity and we were talking about people who are fake positive because they think that that's what everybody needs to hear. But Sarah, can you share, share what you found worked for helping relate to other people and just trying to inspire them? You were looking to inspire people way before the pandemic, way before you know, people were influencers and just with your, just with your realness and being a real person and sharing your real life. Well, so I touched on it a moment before I have struggled with depression since childhood. Um, I didn't know it. I didn't know what it was that I was struggling with as a kid when there would be times where I would just cry and cry and cry. Like it would be middle of the night I can remember a time and it was before mom and dad divorced so I was really young because I was I think I was seven when dad moved out and I can remember laying in bed crying and so sad and not understanding why I was so sad just knowing I was so sad and as I got older and these episodes would happen I would think um you know everybody oh teenagers are moody they're hormonal and they are but so that's what I always chalked it up to. And I never realized that it was, I, would, I struggled with depression off and on. And it's something that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. And so then people shove it down and shove it down and, and it just builds and builds and builds and get worse and gets worse and gets worse. And I had gotten into church and things got better a little bit, but it still was something that was there in the background. And I had a lady, um, mentioned to me that I was struggling with depression and she'd like to pray for me. And I thought, how does she know? I had never seen her before, but that's when I thought, you know what, but she's right. And I am. And then, um, after dad died, it got really bad. I had to 
Joy was just six months old. Yep. Dad old. passed away. Um, so it was a lot of emotion, big emotion all at once. And I was also in the middle of having to go to the doctor because that's when all my thyroid issues actually started. Looking back, that's where it all started. Um, it's Joy's fault. It- <laughs> <laughs> Joy messed up your thyroid and that's that. <laughs> I mean. But, um, and the doctor wanted to put me on antidepressants. And I was like, no, I, I don't want that. And I feel like now some people do need help. I am not against that at all. Sometimes you need help and I get that. But for me, I didn't want that cycle of being on them. And you have to come to the place where you acknowledge this is what I'm struggling with. And it's so hard, I feel like, to get to that place of this is what I'm struggling with because it's got such a or people feel like it's got such a judgment aspect of it. Yeah. yeah like oh, everybody's yeah. going to look at you and be like, oh, oh, wow. They're not yeah, they need to get it they're, together. They're weak or they're, they just need to, they just need to push through and be happy. And I tell my kids. That's what I say to myself all the time. It's like you're in my head. <laughs> but you, sometimes you can't, and you have to, the thing is you have to feel those emotions to work through them. And I was one that would just push them down because I thought, no, I shouldn't, I, I have no reason to be sad. I have no reason to be upset. Like I have every reason to be happy. And while that was true, that thinking is, is very negative. And when you don't see other people struggling, you, you tend to think that you're the only one and then you isolate. And when you isolate, it gets even worse because those negative thoughts in your head just get that much louder. And so having that past and having that history of struggle with that it made me realize like, I know I'm not the only one. I logically know I am not the only one. And so I became a big advocate and I feel very strongly about if we would just recover loudly, we would help those people stop suffering in silence because they would realize I'm not the only one. And when you are positive all the time to the point of toxic positivity you're like you just have to you just have to be happy you just have to be joyful you just you just have to do this no that's going to make people feel worse but you can take any situation you don't choose the situation sometimes that life brings you we opened a sporting goods store that was a choice we made but we didn't choose to have a pandemic close down our business before we even got our store hours going but we had the choice to either fold up and give up or try to keep going as best we could and deal with what we had going on the best of our ability. And that's what you have to do with so much of it. Like if we would just share those stories of overcoming and be honest and open and transparent with people, it's not a weakness to struggle. It is not a weakness to struggle. It's not a weakness to struggle with fear. It's not a weakness to struggle with depression. It's not a weakness to struggle with self-doubt. That's not a weakness. That's just part of being human. And if we would share those stories loudly and openly and be honest with people, instead of being afraid that they're going to perceive us as weak or scared or less than, it's just insane because everybody is struggling with something and what is big to me might be small to somebody else. And what's small to them might be big to me. It's like, <clears throat> it goes back and forth. And if we would all just realize we're in this game of life together and we can help each other 
by being uplifting while being realistic, like it goes a long way. People don't want to be like, oh, well, I could never be like that person. They're happy all the time. They've never struggled with anything. But if we're open and honest and we tell them, no, I struggled with depression, you can get through this. Then they realize I'm not alone and maybe I can make it through this because they're not perfect and they're surviving. They're thriving. And it's the same for everybody. You don't, perfect isn't real. Perfect. You think some people, it adds to their anxiety when they're already stressed out, overwhelmed because they can't articulate. Like, I don't feel like, like here's some life skills that we should teach kids. I mean, I don't know if people have checkbooks anymore, but you know what? They should know how to balance it because when you go to the ATM and it takes 24 hours for it to show out of your checking account, you need to have a checkbook. You need to know how to balance it. You also need to know how to pay bills. Like those are things that we should teach, but I think we should also teach identification of what it is that's making you like, so that you can articulate what it is that's wrong. Because I think so many people have chatter in their brain and they feel I used to, I'll speak for myself. I used to have chatter. I stopped. I mean, I have so many people in my head, Um, but it's so loud sometimes that I can't even articulate the things I think are making me stressed. It's not even that because the chatter is covering it up. Yep. But I, I think it's a gift to be able to now identify and articulate what it is that's actually making me stressed because nine times out of 10, the thing I think it is, is, is not actually it. It's right. not actually it. Yep. All those things you think it is are just a symptom, but we tell kids the same thing. You can do this. You're just hormonal, suck it up, get through it. We just, dis- we dismiss the feelings when right of overwhelm. And I think when they're younger and we do that, they feel like that's how they have to be their whole whole life. And then they don't, they they don't, they can't even share what's wrong to get, to get help. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I don't do everything right. I really don't. Um, I make all kinds of mistakes all the time, but I have always tried to come at things with my kids and raising the kids at a perspective of, I'm not always going to get it right. And I want to be able to go to them and say, I'm sorry if I did something that you felt hurt your feelings or harmed you in some way, or you felt like I could have done it better or different. I've always tried to do it the best that I can. And if I failed, I'm sorry. Like, I want my kids to to feel like they can come to me with anything. And sometimes you feel like, especially with your kids, that they're not listening. And you wonder if anything you're saying is paying off, if you're doing everything wrong, if anything is right, but then you have moments where you realize, okay, they are listening. So the other night I was folding laundry in the laundry room. Oh, they're listening. At 1230. Oh yeah. Um, and one of my kids showed up in the doorway of the laundry room and I was like, what? You should be asleep. <laughs> uh, this is my fold laundry time. What are you doing awake? <laughs> But um, he looked really upset and I was like, okay, the laundry can wait. What's going on? And he's like, I can't sleep. I said, well, why can't you sleep? And he said, I just keep crying. I said, okay, um, let's talk. Let's talk about this. And I feel like not enough of that is done for people older and younger. When somebody comes to you and they're like, I'm upset and I'm crying. Don't just be like, oh, it's okay. You're all right. No, let okay, come, let's talk about this. Let's yeah. figure out why. And sometimes a good cry feels good. 
Yeah. Well, and so he sat down with me and he, he couldn't tell me what exactly was wrong at first. He did. He just, he just, it was big emotions for a young kid and he was upset. And I was like, that's okay. Be upset. You don't choose your emotions, emotions, feelings. A lot of times that's not a choice. Like you can, most people don't choose to be scared. Like that's an emotion and you don't have control over that all the time. I mean, people that are afraid of heights or like they, they don't have control over that. So that's why I say an emotion is not a choice, but how you respond to that is a choice. So you can choose to be brave in the face of fear. You can choose to be loving in the face of sadness. Like you don't choose your emotion, but you can choose what it is that you try to focus on. So I had him sit and talk to me and we got to the bottom of it. And I told him, I said, it's okay to be upset. It is absolutely okay to cry. It is okay to feel those emotions and then work through them and talk them through. I said, you have to be able to tell me what's wrong so that we can try to figure out a solution. And sometimes I said, if you're upset and it's nighttime, sometimes we start thinking about things and just thinking about them won't help solve the situation. You need to be able to talk them through. And as you talk them through, sometimes you'll realize those things you're thinking aren't as big as what they're building up in your head. You just need to be able to talk it through. And so we talked it through, we came to some logical conclusions and then he was good to go. He was able to go back to bed. The situation hadn't necessarily changed, but it was some friends that he had met online and they weren't getting on anymore. And he was upset because he thought they didn't like him. Adults can relate to that. Oh my gosh. Adults can relate to that too. I mean, and I I told him, I said, you have never met these people in real life. And I, so our TV for anybody watching before you go all negative Nancy on us and be like, Oh my gosh, your kid is online talking to somebody. Um, our TV is in our living room. It's the only, the kids do not have a TV in the room. The Xbox is in the living room. We have a very small house, so I can always hear what's going on. My kids know not to give out names and, you know, where we live and stuff like that. <clears throat> but so we had these friends that he'd been playing this game with. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know if it was Fortnite or one of those games. And suddenly they weren't playing on there with him anymore. And he could see that they had been on, but they weren't ever playing with him anymore. And he didn't understand why. And so he was upset because he thought they just don't like me anymore. And that just built in his mind and he just kept thinking about it and kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where then you're like, am I a good person? Am I, you know, like oh, all the do. things, all your baggage comes right out Yeah, when that happens. And so I told him, I said, it's okay to be upset. Like, yeah, that, that your feelings are hurt. That's, that's part of life. That's part of being human. That's fine. Just work through it. <clears throat> so I said, well, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about some situations that could be going on in real life that's not worst case scenario because you don't know I said you know maybe they're grounded maybe they're grounded or maybe they have a sibling that's getting on their account and that's where you're seeing activity on their account and it's not really them you don't know them in real life I said you have a friend that used to play a game and he got in trouble and he couldn't play his game anymore he's like yeah I said, well, what do you think those people that don't know him in real life thought? They probably thought he didn't like them anymore. 
he wasn't playing with them anymore because they didn't know the full picture. I said, sometimes in life, you're not going to know the full picture. You're not going to know the full picture. So the only thing that you know is you're a good person and it's their loss. You don't know the whole picture. So don't try not to dwell on, well, maybe this or maybe that. I know we build assumptions in our head that make it impossible Mm -hmm. to feel, to, to even filter out. Like we make assumptions that feel so real. Like that's, what's real life. Yeah. I do it all the time to myself. And well, and I do it too. And that's, I guess that's the, I have learned so much more. I feel from my kids than they learn from me and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. And tell them. <laughs> too late. I already told my older ones, but I've learned so much from them because I, I come at it from this different point of view of, I don't want them to suffer in silence. I don't want them to, to carry that baggage that I feel like I carried for so many years that I didn't have to. If somebody would have just been like, it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. That's human. And your emotions aren't necessarily your choice, but how you respond to them and what you choose to try. And that's the other thing is you can't beat yourself up. So you're in the middle of depression and it's taken everything you have to put one foot in front of the other. Like, good job. You got up this morning. Good job. Good job. Yeah, because we've both been there where we don't want to get up. Yeah. And if we would just not beat ourselves up all the time, I think it would go a long way. In, in, in doing that, you learn empathy for others because you stop constantly focusing in on yourself. You start and looking at what you lack. Yeah. And I start focusing on all the things that I think I lack, like not being able to put furniture together and can't open a box and can't understand my bell valve bill. <laughs> if I were to focus only on those things, honestly, I probably would never leave my house because I would think I can't survive in the wild. Well, and see... Our perceptions of ourselves are so different from others' perception of us. And sure. to me, you're superwoman. Like I am always in awe of all the things that you do and traveling for work and, and traveling to other countries and all this stuff that you do all the time. And I just look, I'm like, I wish I could be my sister. <laughs> I wish I could be my sister. <laughs> but you don't see that that way. I don't. And I see you doing lives and I see you on social media and I don't even have a post on Instagram because I haven't taught myself how to do that yet. I mean, <laughs> I think the same thing of you. I mean, we're just told, we just are too, I feel like what I'm doing now with this podcast and trying to be creative is I have such imposter syndrome for the, my, like you and Micah are so creative. And Joshua too. I mean, Joshua can, you know, he can take a car apart and put it back. Like that's creative. He, you all are business people for yourselves. And like, I've always worked for the man for the paycheck because that's, I needed consistency. I never had enough faith in myself to do something that I would have to depend on myself for, you know, my, I could never, I would never bet on my creativity over consistency. I'd like, I would never, but you guys, you do it and you're, you're, you go for it and you it doesn't even occur to you that something's not going to happen for me. I'm like, no way. Are you crazy? I'm not doing that. Well, I'm glad that it appears that way from the outside. Because <laughs> it inside, does on the inside. So I, it still boggles my mind. 
I won't lie. Like you say imposter syndrome, and I absolutely know what you're talking about because I feel that every time we're out vending or when customers come in the store and they're like, oh my gosh, I watch all your videos. You're so funny. And I'm like, thank you. I think like me, are you sure we got the right people? And it's gotten to the point where I've actually, I've even mentioned it on video sometimes. I'm like, listen, don't let my videos fool you. I am an introvert. I do very well on my own. Yeah, me too. In my office, in my house, with the door closed. Mm -hmm. I said, when I do these videos, it's just me and my phone. Like I'm an introvert. Yes, I am. I am happy and bubbly on camera. It's just me and my phone. I'm not in a crowd of people. You throw me in a crowd of people and I can only maintain that for so long before I have to just kind of walk away for a minute. And there's been times when we're vending and we have a whole tent full of people. And then once everybody's gone for a moment, I'm like, okay, okay. I just need to walk around a minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> and it's not that I don't love all the people coming to the tent and it's, it's awesome and it's great, but it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I, a lot of times I feel like an imposter because I think I'm not as wonderful as you people think I am. Like <laughs> you are and your brand. I mean, you've seen people wearing your shirts in, in other States where like not even in Florida. I mean, you've spotted people or they've come up to you because they've recognized you like fangirling over you. <laughs> that, that part is weird too. <clears throat> but I mean, I don't know. You say you're not creative and I disagree. You're just creative in different ways, but you help people. You, your whole career has been helping people. And so that takes creativity in itself because every person is a different situation. Every person has their own different struggles and you help them through that. And sometimes you have to think outside of the box and you have to be able to help them. Okay, this is how we're going to navigate this. And this is how we're going to navigate that. And I've sat back and watched you in the school system <clears throat> help so many people and like the ones that want help you're there to help them and that's what you do and I don't think you give yourself enough credit for that because it's 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 helping people and I think I love our parents and it's such a hard balancing act sometimes to discuss our childhood without making our parents look bad I guess you could say. So anything I ever say, I always feel like I have to preface it with, I love my parents. Oh, and I know yeah. as an and adult. I say, and I try, and I try to say, and instead of, but because, but relates, you know, erases everything. I love my parents and, oh, yeah. we were dysfunctional. Yeah, <laughs> we were in, and I think that's where, <clears throat> like my videos and stuff, it's not necessarily creativity as much as I just want to help people feel better. Like I want them to have a chuckle, like all my shenanigans and antics and, and joking around. And <clears throat> I can be very serious if, if it calls for it. Oh man, you can put mom face on fast. I've seen but it. I'm, happen. Good. I'm good at that. But mm -hmm. I feel like people need, people need a little bit more joy in their life. They need a little bit more laughter. And so the videos I do to me, it's not about creativity. It's just about helping people have a good day. Like you can be having the worst day and you see some stupid video that makes you chuckle and you just feel better. 
that's what it is for me when I do these videos and these reels. And when people come into our store and they come up to our tent, like it's important to me that they feel cared for, that they feel like family. I, I, I guess that, you know, we've branded ourselves a family business. We bring our kids with us when we work, but it, it, it extends beyond us. And I tell people, when you come to the tent, you're family. When you come into our store, you're family. I don't have to have known you for 15 years to care about you. That's a choice. And I choose to care about people. I don't always like people. <laughs> I mean, if we're keeping it real. But I do choose to care about people because I know what rock bottom feels like, because I know what struggle feels like. I know what heartache feels like. I know what depression feels like. And because I know what those things feel like, and I know how much I masked them and covered them up. When I see people, I see them through that lens of what are they struggling with? And so if something as simple as a smile can help them have a better day, that's what I try to do. I smile at everybody. And I never knew that was a weird thing until it's been pointed out to me numerous times by people. And like, <laughs> I don't think it's where they smile. <clears throat> Tim says hi to everybody he sees. He doesn't even know a stranger. It's a joke. I'm like, where do you know them from? He's like, oh, I don't know them. I'm like, why are you saying hi to them? So yeah, no. well, maybe it is weird. No, I take it back. I'll maybe say hi, but I smile. Maybe it is weird that you smile and say hi to everybody. And he says hi to everybody. I say, <laughs> I just, I just keep going. Some people think Wherever it's my weird. destination is. And, and there's times like I smile at everybody and they don't all even look up at me and I'm smiling at them, but I'll notice somebody else noticed that I smiled at them. So then I'll smile at them and it's a domino reaction because then they'll smile and it, <clears throat> we need more of that. We need those simple little things make such a big difference. And you just don't know the triple effect, the triple effect that it has throughout people's day and the lives <clears throat> and who they're then affecting to have a better day. It's just little things like that, that that add up. And I don't know, I feel better when I smile. I'm not just helping them. I feel better when I smile. So it helps everybody all around. So we have to wrap up our interview because you have to open your, you have to go open your store and your child is probably at your door waiting for you and listening to your every word. So what would you say was a call to action to people to, to make their own people in their life? Just what smile at everybody. Tell them to smile. Yeah. Tell Make them your smile. bed. Make your bed, open your blinds and smile and just see where that brings you in life. That could absolutely snowball into a whole different life five years from now. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. And that concludes another empowering episode of Happy Thrive Vibes. A huge thank you to our incredible guest and my little sister, Sarah Cox, for sharing her wisdom and insights on overcoming challenges nurturing mental health, and thriving in what some may call a chaotic life. I hope you, our amazing listeners, found inspiration in Sarah's journey and discovered practical tips for manifesting your dream life. Remember, it's all about doing more of what you love, finding happiness in your day-to-day, -day, and maintaining gratitude. And like Sarah said, start with some small changes. Just master one at a time. And before you know it, you'll have all kinds of habits that are working in your favor. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss a dose of positivity. And hey, if you have a moment, leave us a review. Your feedback fuels our mission to spread joy and encouragement.
Stay tuned for more uplifting conversations and stories on future episodes of Happy Thrive Vibes. Until then, keep manifesting your dreams, finding joy in the little things, and embracing gratitude as a daily practice. Thank you for being part of the Happy Thrive Vibe community, sending you all the positive vibes. Until next time, keep thriving.